It's the best part of every mafia movie. It's the part where somebody has to introduce somebody who's not in the gang. And one of the people in the gang has to vouch for the person who's joining the gang. And there's always this moment where the new person walks in with their friend and all the other gang members are looking at them. The guy making the introduction will say, this is my friend. I've known him since we've grown up. Here's how I trust him and that we can trust him. And by doing that in the mafia movie, the person who makes the introduction of the friend has now put his life on the line for the sake of this new friend. If this new friend crosses the gang, the friend and the one making the introduction will be shot. The way you know the father, the way I know the father, is that Jesus introduced us. And he made a statement by staking his life. That the father he knew would be the father we need. And he wouldn't let us down. Stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this very familiar passage of scripture that we call the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father. Now that you just did not buckle in your knees and begin to cry to yourself tells me you don't have a clue what Jesus just said. This is God's word for God's people. Sit down, we gotta get busy on this passage. And I know you're thinking, wow. <laughs> There's a lot more to the Lord's Prayer because you, when you heard Lord's Prayer, went into automatic Lord's Prayer, didn't you? Right? Say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, da, 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 da. And then you get to that part where it's trespasses or debts and you don't know. So you mumble, forgive us, Father, for our... Looking for somebody to take the lead and whoever says the word loudest gets the prayer. Hmm? You have any idea what Jesus just told his disciples? What he just told all of those people who were gathered around on the side of that hill listening to him as he says, listen, here are the things that mark the kingdom. Blessed are those who do these kinds of things. And we have the Beatitudes. Just now in chapter six, he starts making this transition about the intimacy of the relationship that you have with God the Father. When you pray, now, let's ask the obvious question. Why in the world would you pray? Why in the world would you pray at all? Understand, 
the context of Jesus' teaching. He is teaching in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire had stolen the religion from the Greeks. If you study the Roman pantheon of gods, it is the Greek pantheon of gods with Latin names. So for the Romans, the gods were people to be appeased. You didn't want a relationship with them. In fact, you were kind of glad that they didn't know you at all. Because the gods in the time of the Romans and the Greeks were pranksters. They were always meddling in people's lives and all the mythology we have and all the stories about Zeus and Mars and Apollo, they're not good for the humans. In fact, you have stories of humans trying to trick the gods or hide from the gods. And Jesus has this radical teaching that God is on your side. When you pray, you pray for the same reason any child talks to their father. Now, why do children talk to their dad? Children talk to their dad when they want something. Give me, buy me, can I? Children talk to their fathers when they're scared. There's something in my closet. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's alligators under the bed. All my life, I believed alligators lived under my bed. I would never let my hand dangle off the bed. <laughs> to this day, I don't let my hand dangle off the bed. And the times that I roll over, my hand falls up, it goes just right back here. And you're thinking, man, Mike, that's silly. Well, really, I got two good hands. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you talk to your father when you don't understand. You talk to your father when you don't have any words to say. Talk to your father for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of things, but mostly you talk to your father just to be with your father. And Jesus says, when you pray, you pray, Abba, Father, for whatever reason brings you there. It's not about the conversation. It's about the relationship. For it's in those moments where you are reminded about who you are. My dad would tell me all the time, listen, I don't care what everybody else does. You're a Glen. You're different. I thought we had castles in Europe. For my dad to bestow this sacred and holy name of Glenn on me was the greatest honor I could ever receive. How disappointed I was to find out we were Mississippi sharecroppers. 
You're a gland. You're different. You're a gland. This is the way you do things. You are a gland. Do you remember who you are? Do you remember whose you are? You're my boy. You're my girl. You are mine. I will fight whoever comes against you. I will provide for you the best that I have. I will open doors for you. I am your father. You are my child. Jesus, right after this, talks about the goodness of fathers. Fathers, which one of you, if your, if your child asked for a fish, would give them a snake? If they asked for a piece of bread, would give them a rock? If you then know how to be good fathers... How much more so? That passage, if you know how to be good fathers. That is particularly significant for me. Comes out of a story between me and my dad. I'm sure I've told you before. We were sitting on the deck of the lake house and dad was going over his Sunday school lesson. He was going to teach a Sunday school lesson the next day. And he dragged me out there and said, sit down, I paid for your seminary, now I want some of it back. And, you know, he called me every Saturday that he taught. And we would go over the Sunday school lesson. And we're in that part where Jesus is dying on the cross. And the sun goes black. And dad says, this is where God turns his back on Jesus. I said, mm, whoa, wait a minute, dad. I said, you need to think through this. He said, no, that, and that is the traditional understanding that when Jesus became sin, God is holy and God is so holy that he cannot stand to look at sin. So he turns his back on Jesus. So that's the traditional understanding. I said, dad, I said, are you telling me that Jesus has been faithful in everything? even dying on the cross, and at the moment when he needs his father most, the father leaves him. And so we started arguing, and finally I looked at my dad, and I said, would you leave me? My dad looked at me as if I had slapped him. That's not fair, he said. You know I would never leave you. So I know. Then I quoted this verse. If you know how to be a good father, how much more does your father in heaven know how to be a good father? What happened to Jesus is what happened to us all. See, this is one of the reasons he understands. You see, when sin covers you like that, you go numb. God is there. You just can't find him. And for the first time, Jesus knew what it was to be us, for God to be there and not be able to know. 
Later that week, my dad called me. I'm going down I-65. I can remember where I was. He said, hey, boy, 50 years old, boy. Hey, boy, I'm reading over the notes of last week's lesson. Yeah? You do know I'd never leave you. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad, I know. And Jesus knew that about the Father, too. In Gethsemane, he prayed, if there's any way, take this cup away from me. But he trusted the Father. As the life dripped from him, drop by drop, while he hung on the cross, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. I'm trusting you. Can we trust the Father? Jesus did. Seems to be a pretty good recommendation for me. Let's pray together. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Listen, I know some of you didn't have a good dad, so hearing the word Father for God is a difficult, difficult thing. But listen, Jesus is using a metaphor. He's trying to find a way to help you understand who God is and what he's done and how good he is. And the best word picture for that was, meta, was, was Father. So I want you to hear some things from me. One, I want you to know... He is trustworthy. He'll keep his promise to you. He's kept his promise to me, kept his promise to Jesus. There are hundreds of us here who would stand up now and say, yes, he's kept his promise to me. And so we want you to know that. We want you to know that he is for you and not against you, that your identity is in your relationship with him. And I'm saying a whole lot in just a short time. And that's why our friends will be waiting for you in the parlor. You'll see our other ministers out in the atrium. They'll have on name tags. They want to hear, they want to talk to you and hear about your, your questions. And so they can tell you more about how God loves you and what it means for you and how your life can change. Maybe it is time to be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. We'd love to have you part of this journey. You come. Christ is waiting for you where you are, even as our Lord will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the choices we make are exactly what you want.